Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Kim Jatan, who is the Executive Director and CEO for the Orange Catholic Foundation. And we're going to be talking to Kim about a number of things, especially an important event coming up. But before we get started, Kim, first of all, welcome to our program. Thank you so much for having me today. And if you would be so kind as to lead us in a brief word of prayer, I'm sure we would all be appreciative. Sure. Oh, my goodness. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful, blessed day here in Southern California. We are here to do your work. We are happy and joyful in the gospel and your message every day. And thank you so much for all the blessings that you give us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are talking to Kim Jatan, who is the Executive Director and CEO for the Orange Catholic Foundation. And you've been doing this for a little more than a year now, isn't that right? Yes, I've been fortunate enough to be here for about a year and a half. So it's high time you came in and talked to us. It is, (laughs) and I'm so glad to be here, yes. So the, the event that's coming up, which I just want to cut right to the chase for a moment, then we'll come back to it a little bit later on. This is a major gala fundraiser type thing, right? Yes, yes. Briefly, what is this then? What's it about? So it's our annual gala for the foundation. And this year it's going to be on April 2nd. And we are raising funds primarily for the priest retirement fund. So we raise funds that will help them with their pension um, because a lot of people don't know priests, you know, they, they do get a salary and they do pay into Social Security, but they don't make a lot. So that means they don't pay a lot into Social Security. And so it's up to the diocese um, to help them with a pension. And so we at the foundation raise funds to help for that. So let's talk for a moment uh, about that detail and then come back to the foundation itself. So a lot of people who are only a little aware of their faith might not know that there are different uh, varieties of priesthoods. There's one priesthood, but there are different ways of housing priests. Those that are in orders, such as, say, the Franciscans or the Dominicans, they're a part of that order, and the order will take care of them in their retirement, and they'll often go to a home for, like, Dominicans or whomever. But a diocesan priest is permanently a part of this diocese, only this diocese, and is paid by this diocese. But also, therefore, when they retire, it's between themselves and the diocese to make sure that they have a retirement. Did I explain that closely? That's true. And so priests that are in a a diocesan priesthood as this, they do rely on the diocese to help supplement them in their retirement. And they all have kind of different plans of what their retirement looks like. So some of them um, want to live in community and they might choose to stay in residence at a rectory at a, a former parish of theirs. And they might want to do that. But some priests, believe it or not, don't want to live in community anymore. And they'd kind of like to have a little bit of freedom in their retirement, even though, you know, they will be doing masses. And I don't think priests ever actually, quote unquote, retired. They're just not technically assigned to daily mass. And they never and lose the ordination. No, always... they don't. Uh, no, they don't. And so some of them would like to maybe live on their own. And so sometimes a, a few of them will get a, a house or they've maybe received a family home that then they can move into, you know, they, they might have done that. That's kind of their option at that point. So, But there are many priests who have not saved huge amounts of money because 
they've been frankly dedicated yes. to other things. That's right. That's right. So, you know, they they don't have huge savings accounts necessarily, and they get paid, you know, just a, a, a stipend for, for their services. They've followed the Lord, and so they're not out making all sorts of money in other ways. So it's up to us to take care of them in, in their retiring years. And I, I think that sometimes people don't realize that. And so we're here to kind of help folks understand that we do need to support our retired priests and our, you know, our priests that are our pastors continually. And so it's, it's important for us to do that. Okay. So I, I understand what this particular um, fundraiser is going to be about and why that's important. I thought that the Orange Catholic Foundation was about the Catholic schools. I mean, when I think of that name, that's what pops up into my head, and I think it pops up in most people's heads who have any knowledge as to who you are in the first place. It, yeah. Are you no longer involved with the schools? We are deeply involved with the schools. Okay, so, that's 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 a relief. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So you know, we've we've kind of taken on a, a different role since I arrived. You know, we the foundation historically has done a tremendous job in supporting various uh, initiatives at the diocese over the years, and and we are a separate five hundred one c three separate charitable organization from the diocese. So we have a few different roles, and. And one of them, obviously, is to um, support different diocesan programs, and the schools are certainly one of those. So we support all of the Catholic elementary schools, the TK through 8, and we do that in a variety of different ways. Um, we help to secure grants. We help to secure uh, different donations, large donations from uh, philanthropists across the county and even outside the county, and so we do help with that. Historically, we also, of course, were the instrument in, in raising funds for the cathedral renovation. And so that was a $120 million project that was completed before I arrived. And so we also, you know, s- certainly support the schools and, and all of their activities. And now we're trying to pivot into um, some other funding as well. Okay. So from a legal perspective... You're a separate entity from the Diocese of Orange, but you are are here to serve the Diocese of Orange and exclusive with the Diocese of Orange. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Good way to good way to look at it. Yes. So, kind of like in our very litigious society, if someone sues the Diocese of Orange, there's they're not necessarily suing you. No, no, and that's that's an important thing for our for our parishioners and our donors to understand. That's that, why I bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> that our assets at the foundation are protected. Okay. And yes, and they are secured, they're protected legally. And so no matter what happens in this uh, litigious world that we have with uh, things that may be going on at the schools or right. in the diocese, all of our assets are protected. So your your job as an organization is to raise money and empower projects for the diocese. But it's not the actual running of those programs uh, or those entities. You don't run the schools. You don't run the the retirement homes for the priests. You just simply help empower them on behalf of the bishop. Absolutely. So we invite um, parishioners and other and friends to support those initiatives. Okay. So by taking a step back like this, it actually creates kind of a, a, a firewall, so to speak. And allows you to function kind of a, a, above the hurricanes that take place in the everyday world of administrations and things. And you're able to kind of um, focus on things like this gala or other activities to raise the funds that are needed in order, in this case, to help make sure that the retirement of priests who've served us so well for all of their lives, that they have a little bit better retirement. And so they're empowered or the schools have um, a little more funding so they can provide for people who may not be able to otherwise afford a Catholic education, your job is to make sure that that empowerment happens. And that's the only focus you really have to work with. That Well, we actually have two. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, so one of them um, is to, to raise the funds, um, but the other one is to manage funds. So we currently have about about 70 million in assets under management at the foundation. 
So we have our fundraising side, and then we also have our fund management side. But before we start thinking $70 million, that sounds like a lot of money. Mm. But the $70 million really is already earmarked for different directions. It is, yes. And that's an important distinction that we, that we want people to be aware of. That uh, That money has been donated to us over the years for specific programs. And they are, it is primarily in what we call endowments. Okay. And so endowments pretty much means untouchable. Endowment, yes, (laughs) means that it's a permanent savings account that we can't touch the principal of, but we are allowed to take 5% of what that's worth annually and distribute that out to the schools or to the parishes or to the other ministries that it has been earmarked for. So just a very small amount can actually be spent annually on that. So you're hoping that each year you're going to generate more than 5%. That's the hope. (laughs) Yes. So the plan is... So right now you're um, sweating during the stock market that's been going the last couple of weeks. Gotcha. (laughs) It hasn't been great. But historically, we've done pretty well and um, typically do at least meet that minimum of the 5% overall, you know, over a three-year span. And so um, we're able to at least keep that principle intact and then also be able to spend um, and to donate back that uh, 5% annually. Okay. So you money manage... And you fundraise for other projects because the money that you're managing is already earmarked. It's sometimes it's from people who have donated specifically for a purpose, mm-hmm. which generally speaking usually can't be touched. There are some exceptions to that, but it, most of the time, or it's for endowments, which generally speaking can't be touched except for a small amount each year. So even though you've got this nest egg, it's really a an untouchable nest egg. But it provides kind of ballast for the ship. It does. Okay. It does. And what what's wonderful about the endowments is that they are designed to be perpetual operating funds for those particular programs. So those endowments will be there forever. Yeah. And they will always be giving off that 5%. And so that's really ideal for a lot of people that want to make sure that every ministry or their schools are given a donation in perpetuity versus, you know, just writing a check today and having that spent immediately. So um, we look at having both of those types of income for these different ministries. So we've got the perpetual money that's coming in, but then we also need to take care of immediate needs and annual operating expenses for those as well. Okay. So getting back to where we began, the fundraiser that's coming up is for the priest's retirement fund, is that an endowment type fund or is that we need to spend it now because these priests are starving type fund? Well, our priests aren't starving, I That's hope. Good. <laughs> but um so we have we actually do have a priest endowment fund okay. at the foundation. This particular fundraiser, the this money is going to go into the to the priest fund that will be giving them immediate money out. And so, you know, we will be supporting those those priests on an annual basis with this. Okay. Wow. You are listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Kim Jatan, who's the executive director and CEO for the Orange Catholic Foundation. And we're talking about not only what the foundation does, but some of the events that are coming up that are very important to helping to empower some of the more important ministries of our diocese. And we're going to talk more with Kim about those events when we come back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Kim Jaton. And did I say your name correctly? Yes. We talked about that beforehand. <laughs> and she is the executive director and CEO for the Orange Catholic Foundation, which is an organization here in the Diocese of Orange that in a way is is separate from the diocese from a legal perspective, but is is a servant of the diocese. So that this goes into a lot of complications, but in other words, it's a, it's a way of keeping monies that are donated safe. And it also allows all of the management of those monies to be done from an 
an independent perspective, a, a way of, of staying focused. And we were talking about a couple of different types of donations that are needed. Those that establish a permanent foundational fund for like an endowment fund. So things can continue in perpetuity. And then also funding for things that are needed right now. And we're talking about a fundraiser that's coming up that is a good example of the types of fundraising that is done by the organization for the retired priests. And primarily, this particular fundraiser, if I heard you right, is going to be going to the needs of the priests over a a shorter period of time than in perpetuity. (laughs) Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about this this wingding that you all are getting ready to throw. Yeah, we're really excited about it. It's uh, it's the first gala I've been a part of. Um, well, and, and we haven't been able to do a whole lot the last couple of years. No, and actually you bring up a good point. We we had originally had it scheduled for last fall, but because of COVID, we were sensitive to that. And so it's been rescheduled to April 2nd, which Saturday, and it's going to be here at the Cathedral Grounds, which we love. I love being able to bring people out to the grounds so that they can see, you know, our beautiful cathedral, the Arboretum. The dinner is actually going to be in the Arboretum. And then we have a concert out on the plaza afterward under the stars. So um, it is actually called A Night of Country Under the Stars. And uh, we're very excited about it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what someone could expect if they bought a ticket and came to the function. What's it like? Sure. What's it going to be like? How have you planned this out? Oh, Kim? my goodness. You know, Kim, I, I somehow suspect you're a planner. <laughs> I am. I am. I've been doing a lot of uh, of galas over the years. And this is, I think, you know, the coup de grace. It's going to be fantastic, especially if you enjoy all things Catholic and all things Orange County. And, you know, just it's going to be a fabulous event. Um, it's a denim and diamonds theme, which we love. Um, denim because, and diamonds. Yes. Yeah, so okay. you get to wear your sparkle, you get to wear your bling, and you get to be comfortable, which is kind of fun. Um, so especially cowboy for the boots ladies, optional. cowboy boots optional, um, <laughs> cowboy hats, all of that. So makes makes for quite a fun evening. We have got an incredible singer coming to us that evening. Um, it's the lead singer of the Rascal Flats group, which is a award-winning country band um, that is Well, they're very well known by those of us who like country Yeah, if you you know country, you know this band. And um, That would be Gary LaVox. Gary LaVox. And uh, so you're going to hear a lot of those fantastic Rascal Flatt songs, but you're also going to hear some of his new music, which um, he's getting a little bit more into the faith-based songs, and so we love that. He came out of that tradition originally. That's how he began his career. Absolutely, yeah. and he has got one of, you know, just one of the most recognizable voices in country yeah. music, and we just love the fact he's going to be here. You know, his, their, his, their music was in the movie Cars, the Disney movie Cars, Cars, oh, Life yeah. is a Highway, yeah. and some of those other greats. Um, and so I, I think that anybody that really appreciates godly music, country music, is really going to enjoy. And I'm sure he's going to be putting on a fantastic show. And he's very excited to come out. He's been turning out hit country songs for decades now. And he, what's nice about seeing him, especially, I've seen him in concert. He's he resonates with the people that are around him. He really is very personable. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a, it, it'll be very good to have him here doing that. Yeah. I'm so excited. And he was, um, delighted. You know, you, not everybody gets these private concerts like what we're doing and they're kind of picky about who they, go and do a concert for. And so when he saw that it was going to be at the cathedral, that was a big draw for him. So we're very excited that he's coming out and it's going to be a fantastic evening of of dancing. And uh, we're just really looking forward to seeing him perform. How many people are you hoping to have for this event? Well, you know, we're going to be inside at the Arboretum, and so I think we're going to have about 500 folks. Oh, wow. Um, That's going to be a huge... It's, yeah, well, it's you know, you know I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, because in that room, it fits that that well. It does. Uh, I'm just thinking numbers-wise. I, I was uh, a principal at a Catholic school for a number of years, so we put on our own mini versions of galas, not like this one. 
So when you say something more than two hundred, it's like, oh wow. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be sizable, and um, we're we're just super excited. We're coming off of I just throw this out here. We're coming off of a really large event that we just had, our Conference of Business and Ethics, which was just a few weeks ago. And uh, that is uh, one of the largest events, uh, breakfast events in Orange County. And, um, you know, so we we have a history of, of throwing some pretty fantastic events. And, and we know that we're not going to disappoint with this one either. This is coming up in uh, only a couple of weeks. Do you know what the menu is going to be? Do you have any other details about what uh, is going to happen? Are they going to have a dance floor? Are they going to... What's going to happen that Yes, yes. So we're going to have a... An amazing uh, dinner provided to us by White House Catering. Oh, very good. And, uh, you know, if you've been to White House in Anaheim, you yeah. know that the food is just unbelievable. And um, They've been around quite some time. They have. They have. And Bruno, the owner there, makes sure that we are very well taken care of in all aspects. He's been so, very good with, with the diocese. Yes, he has. So we're going to have, I believe it's uh, short ribs and some other tasty treats that they're providing for us. Um, It'll be something good. <laughs> I believe it's a surf and turf um, okay. that evening. And so, yes, it's going to be phenomenal. We'll have of course, open bar with some signature cocktails that evening, um, wonderful wine. Um, you're going to be just absolutely pampered that evening. We've got, you know, the valet when you first get there, the red carpet. Um, you're going to just be fully immersed in, in a fantastic and luxurious evening. And then you said, I said, there was a dance floor. You you kind of agreed with me on that um, now we, the, we we are going to be able to dance, or we're not. Gonna you be able to are going to be able okay. to dance, and I sure hope people do. So that's going to be out on the plaza. So okay. we are going to have a beautiful open air concert under the stars and beautiful, you know, lights. And um, you know, Gary is going to be singing all of the the favorites, and we sure hope that people do come out and dance. Okay, and the proceeds from this. First of all, let me stop for a moment. Some of this is going to be ex- expensive for you to put on because it just that's just the way it is. But some of this is considered to be uh, part of the 5013C donation. So part of their uh, evening might be able to be tax deductible. Yes, yes. Um, for for sure, there is a portion of every ticket sold that is uh, tax deductible. If people want to do sponsorships, buy tables, and do big table sponsorships, then there's even more tax deductibility available for those. Okay. And we certainly have all sorts of options available for sponsorships. So we would say, first of all, talk to your tax advisor, and <laughs> as always, but also talk, yes. also call here and talk. We'll give the number out in just a moment, but call and talk to them about how to, to go about doing that. Is there any other thing going on, like an auction? Yes. Or, okay, so, I figured that Well, out. yes, for that evening, um, what else uh, that is going to be happening for, at the gala is we're going to be doing a few awards. And um, the first one will be for the Walker family as philanthropists of the year. And people might not be familiar with the Walker family by name, but if you've, from, if you've heard of F&M Bank which is over a hundred years old and has been a staple in our community. Um, and, uh, the family has owned the bank for over a hundred years and the Walker family and the bank itself are huge supporters of so much in our communities all the way up and down. You know, I think they have like, uh, over 25, uh, banks all up and down Southern California and, uh, they are true community partners in every sense of the word, not just with Catholic uh, outreach, but with so many other nonprofits. And so we really want to celebrate and recognize them for all that they do in our community. Okay. Are you going to have anything that people can go out and buy or, or an auction type thing? Or? We are not going to have an auction that night. Okay. So this is going to be free from people nickel and diming, and it will be you'll be able to enjoy Gary Lavox's and you'll be able to dance, and you'll be able to eat, and you'll be able to enjoy the evening, and it'll all be for a good cause. It will be for a great cause, our priests. We have one more award that I wanted to share. Uh-huh. Um, and again, this is just uh, somebody that is so valued in our community is for Dr. Vincent Wynn as Catholic oh. Community Leader of the Year. And your listeners might be familiar with him a little He's bit. He's been on our show a couple of times now. 
We had him on early on several years ago when we were talking about palliative care and why it is California should not allow people to kill themselves when they are terminally ill. And of course, California went the opposite direction, but uh, Dr. Nguyen was very vocal about uh, why uh, we have better alternatives than that. And then he's been on other programs talking about palliative care and the ability for people to help to transition from this life with dignity. Yes. Just a very good, good man. Oh, very. I mean, his work, if, when you talk to the families that he has touched over the years, I mean, they just can't say enough good things about him. And we are so blessed that he's within our Catholic community and doing the work of the Lord every day. It will be good to see him again, and it will be good that he gets to have some recognition for this. If people would like to have more information on how to get involved with the gala, to buy tickets or to sponsor a table, how would they go about doing that? And I want to make sure we we give this out again later on, but for right now, for anyone who's listening now and sure. is interested. So they can contact our office directly at 714-282-3138. Say that again. 714-282-3138. They can contact us there, or they can go online to orangecatholicfoundation.org. Orangecatholicfoundation.org. Okay. And it's a .org, it's- not a .com. Orangecatholicfoundation.org. Yes. All right. So we have this big gala that's coming up. We've got um, a foundation that is trying to support our retired priests in and amongst many other things that is trying to support but it's also made up of a number of people who are very dedicated to their ministry. Uh, and we should never forget that ministry is not just an ordained thing. It is about how we live out our lives and our call before God. And when we come back, I want to ask you, Kim, a little bit more about yourself, why it is that you're doing this and what got you involved. You're listening to Orange <laughs> She's smiling. <laughs> You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is Kim Jaton, who is the executive director and CEO for the Orange Catholic Foundation. And when we come back, we're going to talk with her about why it is she does what she does. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Kim Jaton, who is the Executive Director and CEO for the Orange Catholic Foundation, and we have been talking about some of the wonderful things that the foundation does, and specifically coming up as a major fundraiser to help our Retired diocesan priests, a gala that will be happening April 2nd, I think you said. Is that correct? Yes, Saturday, okay. April 2nd. So we're, they're going to want to keep your eye on the calendar for that, and we'll give you more information again on how to be part of that. But my interest also goes back to why people do these things. Kim, why are you here? <laughs> what got you involved with this end of Catholic ministry. Yeah, I was called to, to a life of service. I just believe that this is my ministry. Did you grow up in the Orange County area? I did not. I'm actually from Colorado. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm a fourth generation Coloradan, although I do have some, some roots here. My family um, originally landed up in Stockton at the turn of the century, at the turn of the last century. Where'd they come in from? Sicily. Sicily. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. so for for whatever reason the the cousins all stayed here but my great grandfather uh decided that he wanted to go to Colorado. There was a Bank and, of Italy up there as I recall. Now yeah. Was Bank of America. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, so so for whatever reason California was not his thing so he okay. moved to to be in the snow. I'm not sure why. Um so my <laughs> branch of the family um grew up in in Denver and I just love it and I'm a you know, cradle Catholic and uh, 
we just grew up in deeply embedded in the faith um, because of my Italian roots. And um, I have enjoyed um, every moment of, of being a Catholic. It's uh, what I identify as in, in uh, every fiber of my being. Wow, that's very well said. So when you were growing up, uh, when we were talking during the break briefly, you mentioned that you got involved in living out your Catholic faith from really high school on and there in the Denver area because some things were happening that were kind of special. Yeah. What what happened early on in your life that kind of set in motion this idea of, wow, I, I, this is really cool to, yeah. to serve this way? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, in high school, I was really involved in, in our youth ministry program. And my pastor at the time um, was at St. Anne's uh, Parish in Arvada, Colorado, which is where I'm from. And... Uh, my pastor eventually um, moved on, and he is now the bishop of Sioux City, Iowa. Oh, wow. Bishop Walker Nicholas. <laughs> and um, so big shout out to Bishop Nicholas. Um, but he really... No, no, no relation to the Walker family that owns the banks here in Oregon. No, no. Okay. Um, but he really got me engaged in why we are Catholic. And then when I graduated from college... I was looking for a job out of college, and there was something pretty special happening in Denver called World Youth Day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That that was a big thing, because we had Pope John Paul II come out for that one. We did. We did. Uh, so You were part of that. I was. And, um, you know, there was a lot, a lot of us... What did us, you do for World Youth Day? <laughs> there was a lot of us folks fresh out of college, um, and so I became, you know, the administrative assistant for the director of marketing and for the director of communications. Oh, wow. And also the uh, the fundraiser, the director of community relations, as it were, back then. That would be very interesting to, to put together fundraisers for a papal visit, especially for hosting, oh, a couple of million kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was really great. I got to go out and do speaking engagements. The the community of Denver, you know, people don't realize that it's it's not an enormous city. Um, Denver itself is about the size of Long Beach, uh, 600,000. So residents. it's a very big, small town. Every, it's, everyone is. knows everyone. Yes. Yeah. And so... Um, Everyone was excited about the visit, um, all the different faiths, organizations, and, uh, you know, the, the different nonprofits. They were all excited to help support that. And it was the largest event that Denver had ever hosted. Um, I'm not sure about that now, but, um, I believe we had about 200,000, um, pilgrims come wow. into Denver for that. And it was just an incredible event, but to be a part of, the uh, infrastructure and the planning for that was was pretty incredible. And then going and attending the event, you um, got to see Pope John Paul II. I didn't did, you? I did, I did get to meet him. You it, met him. I did. Oh, yes. what was that like? I felt like I was in the presence of the Lord. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I did. I did. And I, I know a yeah. few people who have met or known him or been to masses with him, and. Every one of them have mentioned something about feeling a sense of awesome holiness, Absolutely. which is kind of what you're describing. <laughs> Absolutely. When he walked into the room, it was just a sense of, yeah, so, yeah, as you say, holiness and peace, just divine peace. He was very secure in his holiness. Yes. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> yes. And that, so that, of course, is, you know, one of the things that stands wow. out to me for, for my, for my lifetime is, is being able to, to meet him and to be in the presence of such holiness. That helped propel you, didn't it? It did. You know, that even, you know, deepened my faith and deepened my resolve that I wanted to do more for my faith. So what's interesting to me, because I, I, I look at these things from an educator's perspective, having come out of that world myself, John Paul, whose purpose for doing these was to inspire and empower young people to to dedicate themselves to somehow serving the Lord throughout their lives. And it worked with you. It certainly did. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it touched me in... In measurable ways, and because um, you I, may have been old enough to be responsible and doing, you're, you were still part of the youth 
I you, was. You were yes. the older part of the youth. Yeah, you were part of the youth that was there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and really, what he was trying to do outreach to is the those just out of high school and the and the twenty twenty somethings. Yeah. That was really who he wanted to keep engaged. Yeah, but it still it, it worked for you, and you were right out of college, so I you're was. right in there. <laughs> I was. I was right in there, and it it did deeply affect me and my faith journey. Okay. Let's fast forward a little bit. What got you out to California? What did you do before you came here? Well, I was the director of fundraising, director of advancement at Bishop Matchbuff High School in Denver. And I'd been there about uh, close to seven years. And um, there were some changes going on in the school and the diocese out in in Denver. And uh, I thought, you know, there's, there's an opportunity for me that I'm just not uh, understanding yet. And through a series of very crazy events, and it's all divinely inspired. I was going to say, it's not necessarily crazy, but okay. (laughs) Always the Holy Spirit guiding you, and and I would have never in a million years thought I would end up out in California um, being, you know, a a lifelong Coloradan and and just loving my, my roots and my history there. But I had an opportunity to come out to Los Angeles and work as the director of planned and major gifts for the diocese of LA under Bishop Archbishop Gomez. Oh wow. So that is fantastic because Archbishop Gomez is such a holy man of God and he has been very busy the last few years trying to refocus a number of people back on God in ways that are very very positive. So you had an opportunity to work with him and empowering that. I did. And so of course that was a a wonderful um, time and opportunity for me to really grow in my faith, understand um, Catholic philanthropy at a, at a whole new level. And I just, I really enjoyed my time um, under Archbishop Gomez. How long were you there? And I was there five years. Wow. Okay. So you had an opportunity to do some, some good things while you were there? I did. You know, we came up with, uh, me and my team, I just, I can't say enough about them, but we came up with some new type of programming that helps parishioners understand um, their uh, estate planning through a Catholic lens at a Catholic level. And um, through doing that, we were able to invite people to, to leave gifts uh, through their estate. And in the five years I was there, we had uh, secured about $110 million of estate gifts over five years, which was pretty remarkable. And that hadn't been done, you know, in Catholic circles ever. And uh, so we're very that, excited. That is remarkable. That. I mean, <laughs> the fundraisers to raise six times her salary. You, you did it. So <laughs> Yes, yes. So, yeah, absolutely we did. And so um, we were able to share that with other dioceses across the country. And um, we're very excited about that. So there was uh, a lot of other folks um in other dioceses that wants to kind of learn what we did through, you know, obviously trial and error and again, guidance of the Holy Spirit being able to do that. And um, so very fortunate that we're able to kind of share some of those um, plans and ideas with others. So about a year and a half ago, you were invited to come in here. Are you living in the area now? Are you still in the Los Angeles area? Yeah. Are you, did you make the, the move? You or? know, when we moved to California, my family and I moved to California seven years ago and I had very close friends down in, in South Orange County. And, but you know, my job was in LA and I said, well, I've got to find something in between. LA, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's got, it kind of is. So I said, I've got to find something in between. So we settled in Cerritos. Cerritos. I grew up in Cerritos. You I went did. to Cerritos High School, actually. So wow. we, whereabouts in Cerritos without going to yeah, yeah major so, cross streets a hundred and sixty six okay and uh, Norwalk basically okay, is where I'm good. at yeah and kind uh, of near the Artesia area yeah right? yeah, okay. yeah. so right. we ended up there and um, I so did right know at the, the edge area. of both counties exactly <laughs> yeah. we are right on the edge and so it's worked out beautifully so we did not have to relocate yeah. when I so I no. was. Obviously, a much longer commute into L.A. Hey, you go one mile and um, all the street names change. Yes, <laughs> yes. So um, I, I've loved where where we live. And um, so I am just, just on the edge of Orange County. So I feel like I can, can 
connect very well with Orange County, and we the, spend a lot of time down The winding sidewalks of Cerritos, I, I remember those very well. Yes. So you now are here. How different is this position and what you're doing from what you did um, over in the Archdiocese? Is it essentially the same, or is it different? It's different. It's different because, you know, I have... Uh, obviously infinitely more uh, responsibilities and, and those type of things and um, but I will say what what it stays constant is um, the parishioners and their love for the Lord and their willingness to support that with their time talent and treasure and so that has remained the same whether it, whether you're in LA or Denver or here um, we have some incredible people that want to serve the Lord in whatever capacity they can. Wow. Well said. You are listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is Kim Jeton. And we have been talking about, well, in this last segment, really her journey to the Diocese of Orange and how her ministry in life was really shaped early on by John Paul II. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about where things go from here and uh, give a little more information on how people who would like can get involved in the gala that's coming up. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today has been Kim Jatan, and she's the Executive Director and CEO for the Orange Catholic Foundation. And before we go any further, I want to pause for a moment, and I want to say thank you, Kim, for not only spending some time coming in to talk with us about the Orange Catholic Foundation and all that it does, but also for being so candid and open about talking to you about yourself and what has led you to where you are? Thank you for that vulnerability. I'm very glad that you were able to come in today. Well, thank you. It's been such a treat to come in and talk to you about all the exciting things that are going on at the foundation and um, you know where we go from here. The foundation has been around for a while now. And as you said, it has done a lot with Catholic schools, but it does a number of other things. And one of the things it's doing is providing some of the funding to help take care of our retired priests. So this event that's coming up on April 2nd is focused on that. Our priests in the Diocese of Orange do not take a vow of poverty, unlike a lot of other priests in orders that do. But what's interesting is in orders when they take a vow of poverty, they still get to drive a car, it just doesn't officially belong to them, but they still get to have a watch that just doesn't necessarily belong to them. In a diocese, when a priest may not take a vow of poverty, they certainly live it anyway, but it comes with that two-edged sword where they have to do a lot of providing for themselves. So by the time we get to retirement, that's not exactly been their first priority when they've been focused so much on the needs of others for their entire lives, is it? That's right. And so we we want to help them with this journey so that they understand that we as parishioners not only appreciate and support them when they are still active in their ministry, but that we absolutely appreciate them um, as they move on to their next chapter. And so it's really important that they feel like they are taken care of in, in a variety of ways. And, you know, right now we have 44 retired priests wow. in the Diocese of Orange. That's a lot. It's a lot of people that are counting on us to make sure that we provide for them. You know, we, we want to make sure that they are have a home, that they have basic income and, and need for their, their necessities. So we want to make sure that they understand that we hold them very dear for all the years of service that they've given us. They have given us their entire lives of service, yes. And so they are so deserving of having us pay some attention to them for this. So we were talking a little bit about this event. How much are you hoping to raise towards the fund? Do you have a goal set in mind? Do you have 
hopes and dreams for this. Uh, hopes and dreams. We'd, we'd what would be the what would be the great <laughs> the great uh, target? Well, we'd like to raise five hundred thousand for okay. our for our retired priest this year. And um, you know, right now we have fifty thousand raised before the event, and so we're going to keep on uh, going in that direction. And and we're hopeful that we get to it that night. And you know, even if people can't support us through the gala or or that, um, they can certainly also just donate to the fund through us without being involved with the special event. Okay. Now, is the fund set up so that it is specific to the priests themselves? Or is it fungible with everything else? It's one general account. No, it's not one general account. And and one of the one of the the great things about um, the foundation and and other nonprofits at, in general is that if you earmark your donation for a specific purpose, then that is what it is used for. So this is a restricted donation. If people want to give it strictly for the priest retirement fund, that is all we can use it for. Okay. So not all funds that are given are restricted like that. So when you give your weekly donation when you're in your parish and you just give your money and some of that uh, goes off to uh, the diocese, a small portion each year goes out, that's all fungible. That's all can go into anything. But this is a specific donation for the evening. That's right. Yes. So for anybody who money brings out the worst of people sometimes, it really can, but it can also bring out the best. So people who would like to make sure that the priests are well taken care of, they can rest assured in making a donation at this time to this fund, either directly or by going to the gala, it will go to this cause and help the priests. Absolutely. So let's talk again a little bit about this gala. It's going to be April 2nd. And it's going to have Gary Lavox, who is the lead vocalist for Rascal Flats, uh, who's going to be doing an outdoor concert there along with there's going to be dinner uh, that's going to be provided by the White House restaurant here on the campus. And it's going to have valet parking and you're going to have a, just a wonderful evening. How again would they go about finding out how to get involved with that? And is there a price you want to talk about or, or not yet? <laughs> well, because it is a fundraiser and because it's a lot of exciting things for the evening, the tickets are $500 each. A good portion of that are, is tax deductible. Gary Lavox is, is worth every penny of it. Gary Lavox, I mean, if you were going to see Rascal Flats, I think you'd pay $200 a ticket at this point Especially even to see them. Especially in a so, small venue like this. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we hope it certainly people see that the value that that's added there. But, you know, it is a fundraiser, so we want to make sure that um, we are getting some funds out of the additional ticket price. So... But certainly, if you go to orangecatholicfoundation.org, it's on the very front page. Of, that was orangecatholicfoundation.org. Yes, okay. on the very front page there. Or they can contact us on the phone at 714-282-3138. The number again is 714. 714-282-3138. And you can get someone live on the phone and they'll be able to sell you 10 tickets for a table. Are they yeah. tables of eight or tables of 10? They're tables of 10. So you can get for, for a mere $5,000, you can get a table of 10. That's right. That's and, right. And most of that would be tax deductible. Most of that is tax deductible. Yeah. Absolutely. Again, um, talk to your tax accountant. Yes. <laughs> but, and you know, but we have different partnership levels. You know, if you own a business and you're looking for a way to, you know, bring some people out. We do, we have uh, partnership table opportunities starting at ten thousand dollars all the way up to a hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! And you know, again, that's really helping all the the foundation's efforts and helping the retired priests. So, you know, it's all going for a fantastic cause. All the work that we do to raise money for the various schools or the different ministries that we do for for the diocese. You know, this just this helps with with our operations and also the priest retirement fund. I know that we had a gala in regard to the the establishment of the cathedral church. That went very well. And we have now this gala coming along in order to Make yeah. that even better. We're we're reinvigorating ourselves. You know, again, we we've been kind of uh, 
operating uh, without a, a fun gala like this for a couple of years. It's so, been hard with the, with the virus going so, around. So, yeah, so we're reintroducing the, the nights out and the and the live entertainment and all, and all of those fun things that, that make a night out with your friends to support a great cause worthwhile. And so we really hope that uh, people do come out if they enjoyed, you know, the, all the fun and festivities that that had to do with the cathedral, that they come and enjoy a night with us in this way as well. Now, I'm going to say it's nowhere as grand as that grand opening was because <laughs> nothing is ever going to beat that. And that was a tremendous, tremendous once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But we do hope that you come out and enjoy yourself. This will be a lot of fun. And, again, you said the theme was denim and diamonds, which is that's a that's a good name, <laughs> especially for people who know anything about country music. That's yes, cool. yes. So it gives <laughs> gives the ladies an opportunity to to wear their bling or gentlemen, you know, if if they want to do their bling. But then also, you know, it's a little bit more understated than than the the big ball gowns, which we'd rather have you supporting our priests than spending your money on the ball gowns. And that's the way I like to look at this. You know, we we want to make sure that uh, we do right and and. Uh, that we're honoring our, our ministry in that way. And cowboy boots are optional. That's right. All right. Wow. You have been fantastic with us. Kim, thank you again for coming in and sharing what's going on with the Orange Catholic Foundation and all the wonderful things that are happening there. And I do hope and pray that not only will this event be successful, but that you'll be successful as will the whole foundation in providing some of the funding and the empowerment that's needed to accomplish so much of the ministry that the diocese does. Thank you. And I, I just want to also mention that all of this is possible, you know, not only be, through the support of Bishop Van, but through my board of directors, the the board of directors for the foundation, because they are have been just a tremendous support and are doing so much to uh you know, govern and ensure that everything we're doing is in the name of the Lord. And uh, I just I want to thank them as well for for all that they do for us as a volunteer board, because it's a lot of work and they do a tremendous job. There are a lot of hands that are involved in these kinds of things. Kim Jatan, would you be so kind as to lead us in a word of prayer on the way out? Absolutely. Lord, thank you for this day. We are so blessed by your mercy and your guidance in all that we do. And thank you for giving us this opportunity to share all this good news with uh, those that are, are listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. And we just give glory to your name. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today has been Kem Jatan, who is the Executive Director and CEO for the Orange Catholic Foundation. And we've been talking about several of the activities and the mission of the foundation, but especially this gala coming up on April 2nd. And you can go to their, their website and find out more information about it. If you would like to hear this broadcast again as a podcast, you can do that as well. You can go to OCCatholic.com, OCCatholic.com, and go to the radio tab. Under the radio tab, you will find uh, a number of our sister organizations, but also, of course, the flagship show, Orange County Catholic Radio. And there you can listen to this podcast or many of the other hundreds of podcasts we've done over the years, and you will be blessed. Once again, until next time, thank you for listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we will see you again next week.